Welcome to the manor. Welcome back to the Twin Terrors Macabre Manor, Mead, Metal, and Mayhem. I'm James. And I'm Jody. And this episode, we're going to talk about Tolkien. Yeah, the movie. The movie, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, which, and I suppose the man. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. It's kind of hard to talk about the movie without talking about him. <laughs> yeah, well, we're going to talk about the biopic, but we're not going to actually talk about the person. <laughs> what? So, if, if you don't yeah. mind me going first, I'm going to regale you of the story of me getting into the theater. Sure, go ahead. Before we even start about the movie. Um, so, okay. just as a heads up, right now I'm drinking a very simple Lindemann strawberry lambic from Belgium. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, went to a store and they had like little tiny ones on sale for two bucks. It's only eight and a half ounces, but, you know, Ooh. two bucks for a lambic is, yeah. is good. And although it's, it's not my usual thing, they're good. Uh, but the reason why I'm now just having something very chill and small is because um, I've already had several beers today. Uh, <laughs> the first two of which I, I realize as I'm getting ready to go to the movie that I'm going to go see The Professor. And one does not go see The Professor without being ready to toast The Professor. Yes. To toast him, you obviously need a pint. So yes. I wear cargo pants all the time anyway, mostly because they're comfy as hell. You know, when, when you have huge genitalia, you can't wear tight pants. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but also, it's like it's like having, well, it's extra pockets, literally, because you have the side pockets. Yeah. So I stop at a liquor store, get a six-pack. I don't take the whole six-pack in, but I can fit two cans in each side pocket. Now, I, I only fit one side because I had my wallet and other stuff, so, you know. So I take in two cans. Yeah. Not a big deal. Of course, as I'm getting my ticket, like there's hardly anybody there. This time of day, it was is fairly empty. And but just as a heads up, at my age, which is nearing the half century mark, I was by far the youngest person in this theater. <laughs> so, but I walk in, I'm getting my ticket, and the lady kind of gives me a look, and she looks down at my pants. And I say, "Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, it's my colostomy bag and stuff. If you want to check it, you can." It's a perfectly <laughs> straight face, and she's like, "No, no, it's fine." <laughs> So that is nice. how I went in and I sat there for 10 minutes till the lights went down. I cracked one open as soon as it said Tolkien, pop, psh, the professor. I didn't yell the professor because I wasn't alone in the theater. But yep, right. You got the salute, you got the toast. Nice. <laughs> I'm going on an adventure. <laughs> <laughs> I was, was going to say, we, uh, some other friends and I went to go see, I think, the second Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Somebody snuck in rum. <laughs> Nice. Is that somebody you? <laughs> no, 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 no. It was not me. Although I, I did happen to be sitting next to them. I did not realize they had it until, you know, they pull the flask out. <laughs> All right. If I need to have some rum while watching Pirates, fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, yeah. yeah. <laughs> talking about Tolkien. So, I went, I went to go see it. Uh, over the weekend, I was not the youngest person in the theater, surprisingly. But uh, I, you know, overall review is I enjoyed it. <laughs> it was entertaining. <laughs> yeah, that's really about all I asked out of the movie, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm sure it will be no shock that Jody and I have both read his biography. Yes. Um, from my end, I read it almost when it came out. Uh, the, the Humphrey Huber. Uh, I don't know. Kind of, kind of like the big popular one forget the author's name now i just looked it up earlier and it's gone free carpenter i think 
That sounds right. Car Carpenter or Carter? I don't remember. It's over there on that bookshelf, and I can't see it. <laughs> so I actually read it quite some. I, I don't know. Came out in I, I want to say just after I was done with college. So around 2000. Little take, little give. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Humphrey uh, Carpenter. Yeah. Um, so somewhere around there. And I read it then, so it's been almost two decades. So I will be very honest, don't remember really much of it at all, especially because at that time, that's also when I was, depending on if it was before 2000 or after 2000, I was either in a band playing a lot of music, of course you were there, yeah. or uh, getting severely drunk a lot. So, you know, it's, it's, it's all gone away. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that being said, the movie is real. I enjoyed it immensely. You have to understand that. It's not exactly a perfect biography. They had to take some liberties to make it a good movie. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it was good. I, 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 I went in after you'd seen it, and yeah. you said it was good, so at least I was heartened by that. Yes. But, yeah, I, I enjoyed it immensely. It only deals with his life up to, well, it, it ends with him getting ready to write The Hobbit. Yeah, he writes those first couple of famous lines and doesn't even finish the second line, and it kind of fades to black, and you hear him say, Hobbit. Yeah. Good. It starts, of course, with him as a young man, um, look to yeah. be maybe early teen, preteen, just really close in there. And, mm -hmm. um, actually, I, I wondered if they're going to gloss over the whole him being uh, born in South Africa type of thing. Well, I mean, they mention it. Yeah, they do later. At first, yeah. it's completely. Then later on, they, they do. In fact, yeah. it's a hilarious scene. Don't want to yes. give away a lot of spoilers, but his response to the elderly English lady who talks about how people from South Africa, even English people, aren't. <laughs> super classy is hilarious yeah yes i, I enjoyed that I, I do notice that they didn't really mention his father at all uh, yeah not, not so much yeah they of course they have his mother in there for the first part of the very first few minutes of the movie and his brother i know did they i kept because i couldn't remember his brother's name and his brother was in the movie but they i never heard anybody speak his brother's name it's hillary yeah, they, they they say, hey, how's your brother doing? Kind yeah, of. yeah, they never really said Hillary <laughs> that I remembered. And, and I couldn't think of it when I was in the movie, you know, watching it. So I was like, I was like, damn it, what the hell is his brother's name? And, and uh, yeah, it, <laughs> and he, he had a, let's see, he had an aunt uh, that he wound up being kind of close to as well that they also did not bring up. I did enjoy the, you know, the, the story arc of him and, and Edith, who winds up being his wife. Although I'm not sure how much of that was actually factual. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the, the main, I think the main thrust of the story, though, is his friendship with his, his classmates. Now, it's pre-Oxford, or mostly pre-Oxford, as far as being, you know, his, being a professor at Oxford. It does you know, spend quite a bit of time with him as a student at Oxford. You know, the, it, it deals more with his, his friends before World War One, so it doesn't get into the whole C.S. Lewis thing and, and yeah, the Inklings. The inklings Although are I did, I did, yeah, I did notice that they did mention the, uh, what was it, the Eagle and Baby? Yeah. Or the, or the, uh, was it, what is it? Because it, because they, the nickname was Bird and Baby, and I don't remember, it was the Eagle and Child or something like that was the name of the pub that the Inklings always met at, and they did mention it, the, uh, what was it, the TCBS? I yeah, they said it multiple times that I yeah, <laughs> and I can't remember uh, something something Barrow Society and the Barrow was the tea room that they would meet at. Yeah, a little tea room bookstore. 
Yeah. Is that, I don't remember that in there. Was that true at all? Or did they just use the barrow? Because Tolkien took his, uh, the, the whole idea of the barrow downs from the barrows near Birmingham, from the Midlands. Oh. So I'm not saying there couldn't have been a barrow tea room because it might have also taken its name from the famous, you know, like the Sutton Who Burial and everything. But yeah, I, I don't remember that being in the book. And I, the Barrow White's one of my favorite chapters hands down so that's the thing that usually sticks in my brain but it could have went out i mean if you don't know don't don't worry about looking it up off off the top of my head no i do not know uh tea club and barovian society alluding to their fondness for drinking tea in barrows stores near the school uh, which would be uh, king edward school uh roy gilson jeffrey um and i didn't catch the middle name i think he he, i think it was bash jeffrey bash smith it's not it's b-a-c-h-e um and christopher wiseman and out of the four of them, Tolkien and Wiseman were the only two that survived World War One. So, yeah, but that is, that's the main thrust of the movie is the friendship among the four of them. And how certain things may have influenced his writings. I mean, I know, like, in our sort of modern day thing, and, and I, I want everybody to be accepted for who they are, which actually irritates me that they're not, because I do love that whole that friendship and the whole country came together and they were ready to go kick some ass and you have to be there and you have to be there with each other for a country mm-hmm. to be strong. Yes. And, and England was at the time. So when I, when I talk about this, I do not wish that to be construed as me wishing we'd go back thing oh, that yeah. we had many years ago, but I dig, I really love that whole friendship. They're there for each other, the way they talked about it. And, and actually there are scientific studies that show that if you have guys like that mm-hmm. as a guy, that actually helps your health and promotes longevity by having the guys you can go for a pint with or yeah. tea with or discuss things and just be there and even be able to open up a little bit and say, no, Ronald, we're here for you. We're your friends and, mm-hmm. and be open like that. And, I, and, you know, all the times they spoke old English or yes. any of the languages in there, I, I don't know any of it, but I did get kine. Like they're speaking and they said that. I'm like, huh, I know what that means. And all of a sudden they're talking about, yeah, friendship. And I'm like, huh. Yeah. <laughs> Helheima. <laughs> Helheima. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, that was a that, that was a pretty good running joke I thought. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, so it feels like something I would do. Mispronounce it wrong because you know, I don't know how to pronounce it and everybody corrects me. I'm like, "Nope, saying it my way now. Fuck you all." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now now it's our inside joke. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's good over. I, I did like Edith's storyline. The, the friendship storyline, though, was fantastic. Yes. I, I do think some of her, some of Edith's story in there, I, I do think some of that is true. I don't, I don't, I mean, I, I know they embellished some of it for, you know, because it's Hollywood. I get the feeling that her, probably personality-wise, that may have been pretty close to her. I, she, she stood up for herself more than I think some people might know she did. She stuck up to J.R.R. and she was yeah. very talkative with the other guys in the the tea club yeah although i will say that when they when the two of them had their argument after she met the guys in the tea club i mean i don't know how much of that argument was true because i i will say this the tolkien family has really distanced themselves from this movie more than they did from lord of the rings and the hobbit outside of the one i I i'm guessing great grandson that had a cameo you know i get it well i mean of course they took some liberties and they do see a family who wants everything to be as accurate as possible and that's not gonna probably happen right. and i'm sure they also like to be in control and they weren't when she kind of rips into him she sounded 
it, it, it sounded a lot like what Eowyn said in Lord of the Rings about not wanting to be shut up in the house, you know, in, in the hall and, uh, you know, be nothing more than a, a, a nursemaid to the menfolk. That may be where the Tolkien estate has some issues because some of the things where they did that with her, um, when his mother says, take a look, you know, and it's some of the, some of the quotes, it almost seems like they're having this character give a very distilled bit of, oh my gosh, that's why he loves the road right. about Eowyn. Oh my gosh, that's why he loves Ents. Oh wow, that's why he loves the English countryside because it, it doesn't have time to show him growing up in the English countryside and how right. much he loves it. It has to show him enjoying it for two seconds. They have to leave. And his mother's saying, look at it. This is wonderful. And they show the vista. Yeah, lock it away in your heart. I think was what she said to me. So, you know, and I get that. So that's probably, they, they distill those little bits. The yeah. professor that he ends up studying under for philology, fucking philologist. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a two-hour movie. Right. What do you want? Of course, it's not. If you want that much more information, go read the book. TV series. <laughs> or, you know, I'm not sure a TV series about a biography of Tolkien. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. Something else I liked was how they kind of, they intercut the scenes with the Battle of the Somme and all the stuff that led up to it. I, I did like that. I did break it up a little bit and it gives an idea. And yeah, yeah. yeah I, I don't, I like that when they do that in TV shows and in movies, as long as it's done well, mm -hmm. they can do it in a crappy shitty yes. way. And you're like, what the hell is going, but they did it quite well. I thought, <laughs> should we talk about Sam a little bit? <laughs> yes, we should just, just a little though. <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm not, I, I don't know that that person ever existed, but, um, yeah, the the during the battle of the Somme when he was when he was trying to find his friend Jeffrey, which I, again I don't know that that actually was something that he really did, but I don't remember uh, he that had at a, all from the letters or his biography. Yeah, but there was a there was another character that that helped him through. I mean, they were making allusions to Frodo's Frodo and Sam's journey in Lord of the Rings, and and this guy was a was he was an enlisted man, wasn't he? he wasn't even a, he wasn't an officer. I thought they. I thought Tolkien called him a lieutenant. I know he's looking for lieutenant, uh, his friend. Hey, maybe he was an officer, but, but he wasn't because Tolkien was a yeah. Tolkien was a higher up, higher ranking. Uh, anyway, I, I could be anyway, wrong. But yeah. yeah. Anyway, the guy was he was a lower rank, and he was he he helps him along like Sam kind of did in the in the, in Lord of the Rings, and I thought that was was kind of interesting. But like I said, I don't remember that from his biography or, or the letters either, that that was actually something, somebody that existed or that something like that happened. Yeah. I don't even remember that event occurring with him trying to get to the front like that. The the most I remember is that he had trench feet and that's, yeah, he was very ill. Yeah. So that part was accurate, but I, I get it. They wanted that imagery of here's this person who's helping him through and they, they're doing the same wise friendship yeah. thing. But I, I, I don't think they needed to. I think they did a great job. And, and this is what I also um, was talking about earlier with the, the friendship and how close they were and, and sort of the, uh, yes, we're men, we're going to go fight and we're in this together. And, you know, I, whether you're men or women, right. whatever you want, I'm fine with that. But they, they already had that. They already had that friendship that kind of talks about how the fellowship would have been or how yes. close Frodo and Sam were and Merry and Pippin and, and Legolas and Gimli. And they, they already showed that with their tea party club yes so yes. They, they didn't need to have a samwise gamgee character in there no they didn't, didn't i enjoyed it but yeah I, I i agreed at the same time i didn't didn't mind him being there either yeah it didn't hurt the story it, 
No. And maybe it even may, maybe they were looking at it and thinking it's going to be just kind of boring if we just show him getting trench fever. So let's add this bit of him trying to go find his friend and we're going to have, yeah. you know, it is storytelling. Yeah, that's, that's very true. That is very true. I, I, I kind of gave up on, well, that's not how it was in the book because sometimes that's really hard to do. So, you know, especially when they do it for the most part, when they do it with a, with a biopic like this, make it, make it so it's more entertaining. You know, yeah. so it's, it's like we've talked about where maybe it's two different people telling the story. And, of course, Tolkien's going to tell it differently than Jeffrey or Christopher, you know, one of his yeah. friends would. So, oh, my goodness, they changed this a little bit. Ah, yeah. I do know Tolkien, to, to move along, <laughs> uh, he was yes, active yeah. in the war. He did see battle. He was in battle. Oh, yes. So it's not like I, you know, yes. they, they could have still done some really neat things, that, but that's okay. What, what are you going to yeah, do? You, you in yeah, I was gonna say you see him in in combat, but he's not participating in the combat because he's trying to get somewhere and he's not actively involved in the actual fight. I I told I told you before you went to go see the movie about the scene in the in the uh, during the fencing match. Right. Okay. So what what was your impression? What was your takeaway from that? All right. So uh, do you, do you want the of what you actually told me kind of too? Yeah, yeah. You want me to say that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So this this Jeffrey Jeff Jeffrey 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 Smith, uh, his his friend and classmate, um, was the poet of the group, and and and, the, the, and part of this was real life. Okay. So uh, Tolkien's grades at Oxford had kind of slipped, and uh, he gets a telegram while he's at Oxford that she's engaged. He gets drunk a little bit later his friend Jeffrey trying to console him and he uh, starts talking about love and all this other stuff and, you know, true love and, you know, how he, he, he and I, if I remember it correctly, he did say that he, he you know, thought that there, this was a true love with Edith and Professor Tolkien or, you know, the, the soon to be Professor Tolkien. But the impression I got was that because he talked about it, didn't he, he mentioned unrequited love. Yeah, actually, he's got a really neat, well, yeah, he talks about how, he but says the, unrequited, but even says requited love too. Just, but especially yeah. requited love is sometimes a beautiful, perfect thing because it will always have that fire in your heart, yeah. but will never, because it's unrequited, it will never be tarnished. Yeah. And, and that is okay. It can still give you that sense of happiness be, if mm -hmm. you're still around that person, you know, you know, and right. Yeah. 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 It's a very beautiful little 20 second speech. But it was just, it was the way they played it in the movie. It almost comes across like his friend Jeffrey has a crush on him. That was, that was what I took away from it. Now, I don't know that that's what they were going for, but that's just the way it came across to me. See, you told me about this before I saw the movie. So when I yeah. see it, I, I could see where you get that easily right, without yeah. even any leap. I don't know if I would have seen it without you seeing that because by this point, uh, they'd already talked about friendship. Yeah. And everything. And he, he knows like, so they've already said, no, we're here for you. We're here for each other. So it could have just been mm -hmm. a friend giving another friend a pep talk and saying, it's going to be okay no matter what, because he it, knows how much he loved Edith. This yeah. guy already had like, on the bus. He was with a young lady who of course Tolkien messed that up, but he was, yes. of course he was okay with that. So, <laughs> you know, uh, but it was the actor's facial expression that really did convey maybe he see that yeah that's what i that's what i thought that it was it was the way he played that scene i, I mean I, I really i i don't know much about this guy i know that tolkien tolkien after the war went to 
uh, Jeffrey Smith's mother and said, hey, you know, look, I've, here is his poetry. I would like to publish this, but I need your blessing and your permission to do it, which she eventually did give. And I, uh, it's been a while since I've read all the letters. I'm rereading them now. But at no point in time did I ever see anything alluded to about any friend of his being gay or hinting that mm. he was gay. So yeah. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess you could put together the fact that he wrote poetry. But back then, I mean, that that is not a, I mean. It's so not an indicator. I mean, you know, and, and, and ultimately, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> it doesn't. Even yeah. now. Most people that write poetry aren't going to be gay. Right. Even though, of course, people of our generation are like, oh, it's so gay. You write poetry. No. No. And then back in this time, before World War One, and every, a lot of guys could be like, they were poets. Yeah. And it wasn't, yeah, yeah it wasn't gay. It was just, but, right. yeah, who knows? Maybe they, I mean, we do have this thing now where we do insert current rationalities and ideas and what we want the world to be like into everything. Yes. So maybe they want to insert here's this character and he's gay, but it's not a big deal. They're friend. You know, is it necessary? No. Did it go further? No. So I don't care. Right. I, I, I don't know. So, yeah. And who knows? A, a good guy friend may have that earnest face. Yeah. Just saying like you get there and you're like, no, it's okay. You're going to be fine. Right. You have exactly. your friends yeah. and you know, maybe that's the face I would make by just trying to make my friend feel better. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't either, you know. Um, I usually make my friends feel better by being stupid and telling horrible stories that make them laugh. <laughs> Whatever works. <laughs> yeah. Ultimately, it, it doesn't hurt the story. No, no, down. not at all. So the other imagery. Ah, imagery. This Imagery, yes. This is the one thing in the movie that I thought was the furthest from the truth, but also I really liked. Oh, yeah. Because Tolkien himself has talked about how the war did not – I, you know, as far as the Orthanc and everything and, and the whole industrialization, he, he completely said, no, there, there's no, I'm not doing that for that. No, it's not. A, yeah. But, but it was good in the movie. I liked it. Yeah, I did too. I mean, uh, like, like you said in the beginning, he's leaving the countryside and his mom says, hold it in your heart. Mm -hmm. So is this vista of beautiful English countryside. And then all of a sudden they're in Birmingham. And, and I think when we were on the phone, you said, and then all of a sudden it looks like Orthanc. Yeah. <laughs> you see plumes of smoke and fire and soot and yes. everything. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, it, that's true. That, that <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because it was, it was the heavy industrialized, you know, area. And he, he went from one extreme to the other. And, <laughs> and I mean, and overall, it's not like you, we already talked about how some characters would say something or give a small speech or this one little nugget of wisdom that was like, oh, that's why he wrote about that. Well, probably not. But who cares? Maybe right. overall it, they're putting it in. But yeah, the, at the end, in the war scene where he's going through the front, oh yes, there is so much energy there, and and of course, you know, he's half out of his gourd, and he's insisted that's not the thing. But yeah. love it. I mean, the you see wraiths of smoke and mm -hmm. wolves, which I thought was yes, I thought the, the wraiths especially were awesome. Yes. And and I don't know if the, the big fi uh, fiery thing was supposed to be the Balrog, or if that was Sauron. Uh, you know, I'm still I'm not sure what that was supposed to be, but I don't think it was the Balrog. Yeah, I would have said Balrog by itself, but then it's flanked by ghostly wisps of wraiths. Yeah, see, I, Sauron. Uh, see, that's I'm not sure if it's if it was Sauron or Morgoth, though, because the crown, because it kind of had a crown shape with three prongs so maybe right. it was the green man alishi 
Ha ha. Little joke there. <laughs> no, 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 I feel bad for not getting it. That was really good. No, Mor- Morgoth's crown held the three Silmarils. And there were three prongs on this crown shape on the head of this figure. I I would be more inclined to think it was Sauron because that's the that would be the big bad that everybody thinks of. The the wraith like smoky figures were also there, so you would think, okay, Sauron and the Ring Wraith. He 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 sees what to him in the movie is a dragon, and then when they show what it actually is, it's the 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 Germans have snuck across no man's land with flamethrowers. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. a huge dragon all of a sudden starts breathing fire. Then, oh, nope, that's a German. Yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah. I mean, just, it, the, it was it was wonderful the way they did all that. Yeah, uh, the eye, like, it was the sun behind the clouds, but the way they put it in there looked yeah. like the eye of Sauron. That, yes. So, yeah, maybe that that is more of, you know, like I was thinking, like, and like I said, I, I think they worked more going more towards Sauron because of the ring rates and stuff. But yeah, I forgot about the, the sun behind the clouds. Yeah, that actually. And of course, they're probably not going to go deep into, you know, Morgoth. They're, they're no. going to stick to the things that everybody knows about. Yeah. Uh, my question is, is this the only biopic on him that's been in development? Because I, what I had originally heard was that they were doing one with him and Lewis, him and, him and C.S. Lewis. Yeah, uh, J.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis's friendship will be the subject of a new film, but this was an article written back in July of 2014, and as far as I know, it still hasn't come out. Uh, hell, this one must have been in production for a while, too, because it's referenced that they could be in competition with each other, but it took oh. five years, so it may be that they're just, I don't know. Okay, here's something interesting. September 2nd, 2017, the Oxford Oratory, Tolkien's parish church during his time in Oxford, offered its first mass for the intention of Tolkien's cause for beatification to be opened. Well, now, that's just not going to happen. <laughs> I mean, he was not a saint. No, and he probably would be rolling over in his... Yeah. It, it, well, why don't they dig him up and find out and see if he rolled over? Because if they dig him up and he's not decomposed and smells like flowers, maybe he's a saint. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and the thing is, all a saint in the Catholicism is, is somebody who's in heaven. That's all you have to be. It doesn't mean anything else except that you are in heaven. But the act of beatification mm-hmm. indicates that we are saying they are there. So I'm sure my grandma is St. Francis right now. But, you know, if I'm going to go with my Catholic upbringing and not. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on. <laughs> yeah. Now, that, I, that is something that um, I think some people took issue with in this movie was that they did not dwell much on his Catholicism. They had, uh, what was it? Father, what was the priest's name? Father O'Brien. <laughs> uh, close. He was played by Cole Meany from Star Trek. So, <laughs> so, so O'Brien would, would not necessarily be wrong. Uh, Father O'Brien. Yeah, what you said. <laughs> Brian, if we're going to say it the Anglo way. Yes. Fucking English. Um, <laughs> Father Francis. That's what I was thinking was Father Francis as I looked this up on IMDb. So, yeah, they didn't, they didn't really go a whole lot into the Catholicism. Just kind of established that he was Catholic and then didn't, didn't really go much into it. Outside of um, when Father Francis was giving him the riot act about um, spending time with Edith. Because she was not Catholic. Because she was not Catholic. 
yet she converted yet yeah she did she did that's what i was thinking you know and they had other things going on in the movie the hell mm -hmm. they want to show his confirmation um well they, some people probably would like probably that. would well on behalf of those of us who've been confirmed fuck off <laughs> <clears throat> moving on <laughs> yeah i bet if you do one of like the inklings and if they do the c.s lewis and tolkien i bet it will fit more in there probably it's going to be really hard to do a movie about Tolkien and C.S. Lewis and not go into religion. Did you want to talk any about the cast? I, we, we mentioned Cole Meany was in it. Nicholas Holt plays Professor Tolkien. And he's, uh, if you saw what, uh, the, the zombie love, the zombie rom-com movie, um, Warm Bodies. Warm Bodies, yeah. Uh, he plays Beast, Hank McCoy. In, in the the younger version in the uh, X-Men movies. In the current X-Men. Yeah. Lily Collins plays Edith Bratt. Uh, she, was, she was in that uh, Mortal Instruments City of Bones movie that I have not seen. I haven't either. My daughter saw it, but I, I haven't. I'm, so I, I don't think I know most of these actors. Yeah. And anything. Uh, I, I, I did not. But I thought they all did a wonderful job. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I did too. Uh, Callum Tolkien, uh, Tolkien, uh, who I, I'm not sure. Like I said, I think it's one of the professor's great grandkids. Um, he has a small cameo early in the movie. He's like the third character you see in the movie. So I'm going to have to see it again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. By um, the way, I'm glad Tolkien didn't like anything Celtic, Callum. <clears throat> well, I'm not sure whose child he is, so... Uh... <laughs> Well, it's not Tolkien's, and yeah, we, we all know Tolkien used some Celtic stuff. So, yes, even though he didn't, he's, even though he said he didn't particularly care for the Irish mythology. Although I think Callum, it was it was too over the top, really, <laughs> compared to what? <laughs> no, anyway. all the mythologies—they're the ones who silently went into the mounds, well, silently for a given level of sound. yeah. Although Callum may be maybe Scottish. Maybe from like Colum Keeley, the, uh, the the saint. Could be. Although he came from Ireland, so. <laughs> See, there you go. I thought the music was really good. I mean, it's not a huge moving score. It's not going to win an Oscar or Grammy right. or anything. But I thought the music, whoever did the music for it, the composer, mm -hmm. yeah. did a wonderful job. It, it, it had a very English feel to it with some wonderful uh, fairy tale -y fantasy sort of little blurbles in there. And and uh, it matched the mood typically. So I, you know, music is one of those things that creates a mood. Thought it did a good job. Yeah. Hey, you did a, a fine job there. Thanks, James. I'm glad you approve. I'm only a professional. <laughs> <laughs> um, now I guess I guess that is something else that I did I had thought about touching on was they uh, was music, and they they make a point in the movie that um, Edith studies music, and that music plays a big part. They, they didn't go into this in the movie, but music plays a big part in his stories. I do know that his mother had a love of music and that there has been stuff written about that's where his love of music came from. Well, then all right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. On that, on that note, I guess we're done. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you meant to say it that way, but nope. <laughs> ah, it, was, it the, was it the diminished fifth? It was an augmented fourth. <laughs> Wait, what's the difference? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Chocularity. <laughs> uh, all right, then. 
<laughs> Full of many things. <laughs> uh, yes. Well then, on I was gonna say on that note, ah, you fucker. <laughs> so as we wrap this up and bid you adieu, <laughs> which Tolkien would hate because he hated. Well, he didn't hate French. He hated the Frankification of the English language. <laughs> yes. So, um, on that note. Uh, we wish you a wonderful, good knigget. <laughs> yes. And Singly, silly English person. <laughs> so don't you a second time. time. <laughs> yeah, I'm James. I'm Jody. <laughs> we'll see you guys later. <laughs> Bye. The Macabre Manor is brought to you by the Twin Terrors. All rights reserved. Stay tuned for some fun outtakes. And I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing Somme right either because it's French and I always screw French up. We'll do an episode on Bruce Lee and then I'll, I'll slag the movie in the episode. How about that? Perfect. Keen <laughs> <laughs> on. Oh, he was uh, Tolkien. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was Tolkien.